Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Colleen Stanley. Colleen is the president and founder of Sales Leadership, Inc., which is a sales development firm, and she's also the creator of EI Selling System, and that's a really powerful sales program that integrates emotional intelligence skills with consultative selling skills. She's the author of two books, Emotional Intelligence for Sales Success, which is now published in six languages, and she's the author of Growing Great Sales Teams. Salesforce recently named her one of the top sales influencers of the 21st century, and she's also been named one of the top 50 sales and marketing influencers, top 10 women in sales experts to follow, and top 30 global gurus. So we're very excited to have Colleen on the show today to give us some sales tips primarily around sales EQ. She's going to be talking with us about how to use that to bring in more revenues, close more deals, all the things that as business owners we like to do ourselves or have our sales team do. So welcome to the show today, Colleen. Thank you for having me, Kelly. Glad to be here from Denver, Colorado. Oh, excellent. That's great. Uh, My husband was just there yesterday. So um, let's talk about sales. That, you know, the one thing that when I talk to business owners, they are most concerned about, obviously. It's always top of mind. Now, you have a very important distinction that you make between sales EQ and sales IQ. What is the distinction and why is it important? Well, you know, how I frame this up, Kelly, in our work is sales IQ is what I refer to as the hard selling skills. This can be value propositions, questioning skills, handling objections, negotiation, very, very important skills. However, equally important is the sales EQ skills, the emotional intelligence skills such as empathy, assertiveness, and impulse control. And so I always advise my uh, business owners to look at both areas when you're diagnosing a sales challenge because often what we do is when we see, you know, close ratios not happening or sales not moving from one stage to the other, we focus just on the hard skills. Now, they're important, but equally important is taking a look at the sales EQ skills because often the soft skill is actually what's preventing a salesperson from executing the knowledge that they know, the skills that they know. Um, I often refer to this as the classic knowing and doing gap. Mm. Expand on that. So, for example, everyone knows, let's, let's have some fun with this, everyone knows that you're supposed to either call at the top, meet with all the buying influences before writing a recommendation. It's written in hundreds of sales books, and yet when I'm debriefing calls, often the lack of um, that deal getting across the line they may not have been talking to the economic buyer. Now, they absolutely knew who the person was, but when you really dig into the coaching call, they lack the confidence to have the conversation. So they'll keep calling lower in the organization instead of talking to the people that they need to. Now, that might be a hard-selling skill. They don't know how to navigate through a complex sale, but I'll guarantee you it also goes back to 
self-regard, self-confidence, being willing to screw up, have the emotional self-awareness, learn the lesson from this one, apply it on the next call. I also see it a lot with practice proposals. And I think we've all written probably too many of those in our life. But I'm <laughs> sure. And this is where, you know, we talk a lot about emotion management, but you can even get caught up on a positive emotion. So you've got that prospect that's saying all the right things. We need to do this. We want to do this. And the salesperson is so happy they're meeting with a, a nice prospect. Now, they haven't heard any pain, as we call it in sales training, not really enough reason to shift. So when the prospect says, could you put something together, the salesperson, instead of having the assertiveness, the emotional self-awareness to say, gosh, I'd love to put something together, but I'm not sure if I'm hearing enough reason for you to switch, invest money. What am I missing? See, that's called assertiveness and reality testing. The reality is there may not be a reason for this prospect to move. They might be putting you into just let's shop and validate bucket. So those are just a couple of areas. Sometimes reps don't get budget before writing proposals. Yes. Because they lack assertiveness because the prospect will either say, eh, I got no idea, put something together, or, you know, I'm not comfortable sharing that with you. So lacking the assertiveness, the salesperson goes along to get along only to hear, this is too high. So those are <laughs> right. examples. Exactly. Or the converse, you left money on the table because you shot too yeah. low and they're like, great, oh, yeah, we'll do this. <laughs> and you left That's money on the great. table. Yeah, those are, those, that, that's a terrible situation. Now, talk to us then about how we can develop those skills. How can we uh, learn to use them, you know, even situationally, if you want to name some specific situations, uh, where we can have greater sales success? Well, you know, when you look at emotional intelligence, the mega skill is emotional self-awareness. And in very simple definition, that's know thyself. And so, but in order to develop that mega skill, you actually need to back up. In the practice, the best practice, and you'll find this in top producers, is they absolutely manage their morning. And instead of getting up and checking their sales phone, you know, their cell phone, and all of a sudden they've got 5,000 emails and problems coming in, they carve out 20 to 30 minutes and they get their mindset ready for the day. Because, you know, when you take a look at it, often without emotional self awareness, people are likely to repeat the same mistakes, okay? So they get triggered by a negative prospect. They get triggered by a positive prospect. As a business owner, maybe you're not having the fierce conversations, the crucial conversation. And if we keep moving at the speed of light without taking the time to reflect, gosh, what trigger showed up today that caused me to respond in a manner I regret? Was I the trigger? So you actually have to back up a little bit and grow that self-awareness because without the awareness, you don't know where you're lacking empathy, other awareness, assertiveness, impulse control. So I would say that is a well-documented best practice. But I will also tell you people are ignoring it. And, you know, this isn't, this isn't research that isn't out there anymore. A few years ago it was. This is well-documented research. And so it's really a decision that each person needs to make. Am I going to operate differently today? Yeah, a very conscious, conscious decision. Now, one of the things that you have written about recently that I thought was very interesting, and it really applies to small businesses because a lot of times small businesses have a very family-like atmosphere. You talk about the difference between a nurturing culture and a caretaking culture. What's the difference and why is that important when it comes to sales? Well, and I'll actually flip that a little bit. It's a nurturing culture 
actually can easily transform into a caretaking culture. And let me explain what that looks like. Everything's okay. We don't rock the boat. Tension's low. And feedback is low. The, the culture you really want to create is a, and this concept I think I first learned through Vistage, is caring for. And I care enough about you to give you feedback that you need to hear. And often as a small business owner, we put off those conversations. And when I'm teaching our sales management courses, I will use this example. You've got to give Joe feedback on Monday. It's 10 o'clock. You're going, oh, I can't do Joe on a Monday because he takes everything so personal. He, uh, he gets defensive. So you reschedule that appointment to Wednesday. And then Wednesday comes and you're, you know, you're, day is piling up. And so you're like, oh gosh, I can't do this because Joe requires an hour because he lacks self-regard. He doesn't have the confidence to admit his strengths and weaknesses. So what starts happening is you're starting to create an eggshell culture. And when you create eggshell cultures, you really just keep rescheduling the appointment with Joe because you don't have it. Now, Joe lives a comfortable life, but it is not a growth life and it is not a growth for your organization. So I like to tell people to follow the advice from Netflix CEO, Reed Hastings, and he was clear in his presentation on culture. He said, we are not a family culture. And it's really funny. If you hear him interviewed, he goes, because you can't fire family. He said, we are a team culture, and we love you, but you know what? Every year, you've got to earn your spot on the team. That's called accountability. That's called showing up to win every day. So I, I would be very careful because I think sometimes these family cultures can be an excuse for us not to have the truth-telling conversations, the critical conversations. Yeah, and then when you can't have those and everything falls apart, well, then nobody wins. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's just not a good thing to have, obviously. Let's talk about some of the main reasons that we lose our prospects to our competitors. Uh, like you said, sometimes those hard skills you, you know how to write a proposal. You, you know how to look for the pain points uh, with your questions as you're in the sales call. But we still lose out anyway. Sometimes even we think we've got the deal done when we're sitting there, and yet somebody comes in behind us, a competitor, and undoes everything that we just did for that last hour in front of the prospect. Why does that happen? How can we prevent it? Well, well, and I would say it's a combination of the sales IQ, hard skills, and sales EQ, the soft skills. And let me just address the sales IQ. I have coached hundreds, if not thousands, of salespeople debriefing calls. And frankly, I am amazed at how many don't even know who the incumbent is. So with that said, I'm kind of like, well, how can you unseat the incumbent if you don't know who the incumbent is? Because you can't design value propositions that, you know, point out the gap in the competitor's offering or just, as you said, the provocative questions that open up that gap without ever mentioning the competitor's name. Now, if you link the soft skill here, that's called lack of pre-call planning. And the soft skill that might be affiliated with that is uh, delayed gratification. This might be an instant gratification person that doesn't like to do pre-call planning. So they're a winged person. So you have to really coach that person. Where are you getting into instant gratification and not putting in the work to run a good call? Now, the second place I see it happening a lot is we avoid something that we call uh, the sales elephant in the room. In fact, if you see our training center in Denver, we've got this big elephant who's named Eddie. You know, he sits on the uh, <laughs> floor. And so the elephant in the room often is, let's say you're a small business owner, and this prospect is interested. I mean, they're saying all the right things. You've uncovered pain. But the elephant in the room is you're a small company, and their existing vendor is a larger company. 
And so salespeople tend to avoid bringing up objections because they're afraid they're going to undo the deal. Mm. Well, if you really have empathy and step into that prospect's shoes, they've got some worry points. And it's your job to bring up the objection and not wait for the prospect to do so. And that might be, Mr. Prospect, you know what? We're a small company. You've been doing business with XYZ. I'm guessing you might be wondering, can we actually deliver? Should we talk about that? Well, that's called empathy because I was reading you. I was stepping in your shoes, wondering what you're thinking or feeling. But then I also had the assertiveness and the reality testing to state the obvious. So those are a couple places where I'll see people losing to the competitor or getting spreadsheeted in the, you know, the prospect never mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's great advice, especially when you can uh, figure out, uh, you know, you've done your research and, and you're empathetic enough to know what might be on their minds and then address it. Because, you know, I've run into prospects who are just as uncomfortable as you are to bring up those as you call them, the elephants in the room. And so you just sit there talking to each other, and, and, and really it's a waste of everybody's time at that point. So what, yeah. what are some, yeah. so, so let's talk about sales teams for just a minute. You've written a whole book on them, Growing Great Sales Teams. For a small business, many times the salesperson at the beginning, and even sometimes you know all the way through, is the owner. And it's, yes. a, it's, a, very, it's a very important hire for the owner to hire that first salesperson and then thinking about developing a team sometimes is even even further down the road. So what advice would you give to a business owner who right now is shouldering the burden, or the I shouldn't use the word burden with that, who is shouldering the sales uh, right now, and, and they know they need to bring in somebody else because they just can't do it all. What, what would you tell them to look for? Uh, how would you, just what advice would you just give them in general? Yeah, you know, this one I have a great passion around because, you know, I've actually, uh, as I call it, stubbed my toe a few times on this. Mm-hmm. And here's the irony of it. I teach hiring skills, okay? So as a small business owner, Kelly, I have hired when I'm desperate and exhausted. That yeah. usually doesn't well, okay? And so one thing, I would really have them apply their emotional self-awareness and impulse control. And they must put in the work of, number one, getting very clear in this role. Now, as a small business owner, they may need to have somebody that can source leads, run sales call, close them. That is going to be a different type of person. And they must interview very heavily for that because I have found most salespeople, they're better at closing the deal once the lead is teed up. They're actually not as good at business development. So you really got to get clear on what's this role, honor where you're at right now. Now, once you get clear on the role, if you've got a 360 person that's got to do it all, then you develop a very in-depth hiring guide. Because, And if they need to attend a class, they need to read 5,000 books, ask people for assistance, get a hiring team, because this is a skill most of us have not been taught and honed, and you will get clobbered. So I remember I was at one of my Vistage meetings and I had a rep as a consultant that didn't work out. And, of course, it's very disappointing. You know, you've got the mental energy. You've got the self-doubt going on. I'm feeling a little foolish. I teach this stuff. And one of my colleagues looks at me and gives me some caring for feedback. He goes, well, here's the problem. You don't even follow your own system. And I mm-hmm. went, what, what? And, so, and I built out a hiring guide for this gentleman, by the way. And I went back to my office and I looked at my interview guide and it was pathetic. 
you know, it was like maybe ten <laughs> questions, right? And I had not determined what's my non-negotiable. So I would really tell them to study this, get good at it, get a team that will help you interview, identify those 15 competencies, develop three questions around those, and, um, and then be very clear on most of the time where I've seen small business owners uh, trip up is they need someone to do some of that lead generation, but they haven't interviewed heavily to see if that dog will hunt. Yes. Yeah, that that's very true. Uh, as we close up here, what's one piece of advice that you could give our listeners they could implement immediately, they could start doing now to improve the sales success of their organization? You know, I would, and I wish I could give credit to the person that I heard this phrase from the first time, is slow down to speed up. Uh, because as a small business owner, you've got 5,000 hats you're wearing. And so what we tend to do is we get very busy, but sometimes we're not productive. So right now, what I would suggest for every business owner is let's apply some hard skills. Conduct a win-loss analysis. Where are you winning? Why are you winning? What demographic do you really serve best? Psychographic. Where did the lead source come from? I mean, get in depth about where your business is coming from. Now, that's a hard selling skill, conducting an informal win-loss analysis. The soft skill that goes with that is impulse control. Delay the response. You just want to keep moving forward, keep doing what I'm doing, right? And all yes. of that takes emotional self-awareness, right? And so, yes. this, again, it's soft and the, the hard skills there. I would also take a look if they've got people. That's where you really do take some of that downtime for reflection and ask who needs to be on the team next year. And it doesn't mean that person is a bad person, but at this point, maybe what you hired them for, they're not able to grow with you, or there's somebody that they don't take feedback well and you're getting exhausted with it. So I think it's also having that reflection time, who needs to be on the team? And then also take a look at yourself. Maybe you're not giving feedback in a manner it can be received. So I would take some of that slow down to speed up and really hone in on what's the root cause what part do I need to own? And then what part does my team need to own? Because I find a lot of business owners are hyper-responsible. And they're high on ownership. And they're sometimes rescuing everybody. And there just comes a point where, you know what, I need to quit rescuing and people need to step up. Oh, that is so true. I see it all the time. Uh, I, you hit the nail on the head there. You have the two books, Emotional Intelligence for Sales Success and also the Growing Great Sales Teams. Where can our listeners go and find those if they're interested? You know, probably the easiest place is obviously the largest bookstore is Amazon.com. Mm -hmm. A few of the Barnes and Noble stores still carry it. The Growing Great Sales Team, I would suggest they contact our office. That's when I wrote about, I'm going to say six or seven years ago, Kelly. So mm -hmm. if they're interested in that, you know, call our, or call our company at, uh, what is my, 303-708-1128. Okay, and they can also probably find that on your website, which is? Uh, www.salesleadershipdevelopment.com. Salesleadershipdevelopment.com. Go out there, find out more about Colleen Stanley. She writes a wonderful blog. I kind of got lost in it yesterday, as a matter of fact. So uh, go out there. You're, I guarantee you'll learn some things from her blog. And then you can also get their phone number and uh, get a copy of the book if you'd like. Colleen, thank you so much for being our guest today. We appreciate all your insights. And I know that what you had to say is going to be very helpful in uh, our listeners' businesses. We appreciate the time. All right. Thanks, Kelly. I enjoyed the conversation. 
And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.